Welcome to Tashma. I'm Rabbi Avi Killip, and this is the podcast where you get to listen in on Hadar's Beit Midrash. This year, I'll be writing a series of essays reflecting on the holidays through wisdom from the Talmud. I hope you'll join me on this journey. Today, I'll share an essay written for Tu B'Shvat. Let's dive in. In the Mishnah, Beit Hillel is the first to mark the 15th of Shvat, calling the date the New Year for the Tree. In English today, many American Jews refer to this date as the birthday of the trees. This linguistic transition from New Year to birthday is partly drawing on the traditional language of Rosh Hashanah in Tishrei as Yom Harat Olam, which can translate as the birthday of the world. But describing Tu B'Shvat as a birthday can also help us understand the original intent of the holiday, tracking the growth of the trees. How might we understand the slow growth of a tree, from seed to plant to flower to fruit, as a birth? It is especially confusing to think of this date as a tree birthday, because although Jewish law does require us to track the years from first planting until year four, we actually count them from Rosh Hashanah in Tishrei. Perhaps there's another way of understanding a birthday, not as the day on which one was born, but as the day on which one gives birth. Perhaps this holiday is not the birthday of the tree, but of the fruit. Tu B'Shvat is a winter holiday, celebrated when there are no fruits to be seen. We might have expected to notice and celebrate trees in the springtime. In fact, in the month of Nisan, the spring month of Pesach, we do have a once-a-year blessing we get to recite upon seeing the first flowering tree of the season. Why not celebrate a tree new year then? Why not throw our tree parties when the trees are in full bloom? The answer lies in the purpose of this new year. Tubishvat helps us know when to tithe and eat from our fruit trees. The holiday functions as a transitional date. Everything that grew before now is from last year. Everything from here on will be next year's produce. This kind of date has to come in winter when everything is most fallow and quiet. Marking the new year now makes it easy to distinguish between crops from one season to another. Were we to mark this date during harvest time, we would find ourselves asking, was this apple here yesterday? Does this tiny green bulb yet count as a new fruit? It would be nearly impossible to know which fruits belong to each year because growth is a slow, unfolding process. The Talmud in Masechet Bechorot, a tractate that discusses laws surrounding firstborn animals and people, offers a long baraita that plays with the image of gestation, noticing this period of time is different for different kinds of animals. To help us understand the process for animals, the text calls on our understanding of trees. In this passage, each animal has a counterpart in a specific type of tree. What each pair of trees and animals has in common is gestational length. For each animal, this is the time before the baby animal is born. For the corresponding tree, this measure marks the time between budding of the flower and ripening of the fruit. Even for our rabbis, whose understanding of biology doesn't line up with what we know today about plants and animals, the real purpose of this passage is to offer us an extended metaphor about change and growth. 
The rabbis show their love for the diversity of our world by taking the time to notice all the different species of animals and trees. The careful noticing of the details in subtle differences between species reflects an affection and attention to the world around them and offers import to the moment when trees bear fruit. Talmud Bavli Bechorot 8a The sages taught, A chicken after 21 days, and corresponding to it among the trees, the almond. A dog after 50 days, and corresponding to it among the trees, is the fig. A cat after 52 days, and corresponding to it among the trees is the mulberry. A pig after 60 days, corresponding to it among the trees, is the apple. A fox and all types of creeping animals, six months, and corresponding to them among trees is grain. Small kosher livestock give birth after five months, and corresponding to them among trees is the grapevine. Large non-kosher livestock after 12 months, and corresponding to them among trees is the date palm. Large kosher animals after nine months, and corresponding to them among trees is the olive. The wolf, lion, bear, leopard, and the hyena, elephant, monkey, and the long-tailed ape after three years, and corresponding to them among trees is the white fig. A viper after 70 years, and corresponding to it among trees is the carob. For this carob, from the time of its planting until the time of the ripening of its fruit is 70 years, and the length of its gestation is three years. A snake after seven years, and for that wicked animal we have not found a counterpart, but some say figs. This text celebrates the biodiversity of animals and trees, appreciating the nuance and distinct beauty of each. The mention of each animal and tree brings with it images of when they show up in our lives and in our texts. The chicken is the first to lay eggs and is analogized to the almond tree, famously the first to flower in Israel and star of the popular Hebrew Tubishvat song. The low-to-the-ground golden fox reminds us of grain. The large kosher animals parallel the peaceful and empowering through its oil, olive. Through beautiful and creative associations of the symbols of our real and ritual world, this Baraita explicitly ties trees to actual birth, creating a parallel between the gestation periods of all kinds of living creatures to the process of trees bearing fruit. Through this lens, Tubishvat truly can be a holiday that marks not the age of the tree, as the name birthday of the trees might suggest, but the seemingly dormant pause in the tree's life before the fruit appears, a celebration of the gestation that allows us to mark the change we will see in the imminent birth of fruit. Other festivals can play this role too. Each holiday offers us an opportunity to reflect on our lives and the world, calling our attention to what is different year to year. Like looking for new fruits, we can use holidays to notice significant changes we might otherwise miss. Last winter looked very different for the world in many ways. As each holiday approaches, we remember last year at this time, and several years ago, and the comparisons help us notice our growth. We remember the exodus from Egypt in our daily prayers, but still stop once a year on Pesach to mark redemption. 
We mourn the loss of the temple through daily routines, but fast and sit on the floor on Tisha B'Av. We appreciate the gift of fruits all year through blessings recited over food, and yet Tubishvat turns our attention to fruits on a particular day. Our sages' beautifully woven metaphors illustrate the relationships between animals and fruit. But the power of gestation, birth, and slow growth also applies to people. We too mark our changes and growth on an abstract moment in the calendar. Birthdays are single dates that we mark to help us track the progression of our lives. When small children wake on their birthday and declare, Today I am five. We smile, knowing that there was no magic transformation from the previous day. We don't age any differently on our birthday from every other day of the year. And yet, the date is significant because of the way we use it. Growth is gradual, so slow, in fact, that it cannot be tracked in real time. We need an annual date as a marker of a specific moment, before and after seasons of change. Like all birthdays, Tubishvat invites us to celebrate, to notice the beauty in slow growth, and to appreciate the potential of what is yet to be born. Our producers for this podcast are Sam Greenberg and Jeremy Tabak. Thank you to David Chabinski for editing this episode. I'm your host, Rabbi Avi Killip. It's been a pleasure to learn with you.